He had turned his badge in long ago, and even before that, he had found the opinions of his friend the judge, if the judge was his friend. Obscure. It was now no longer necessary to figure out what the judge was saying. Clumley was retired. In Batavia, opinion was divided, in fact, over whether he'd gone away somewhere or died. The judge leaned forward, parting the yellow tobacco smoke with the side of his hand, so that Clumley could make out somewhat more clearly the great gray concrete head and the glint of eyes. The world is a vast array of emblems, he said, exactly as the old hermetic philosophers maintained. I state it for a fact. His large fist closed. Clumley nodded thoughtfully for a long time, his shriveled head bobbing like a dried pod on his frail stick of a body. As to that, he said. The judge sighed, and like an old slow lizard, withdrew to the gloomy secretness of his smoke. They were both silent for a long time. The room grew darker, as the time of day required. The judge said, Whatever happened to that boy of yours, the religious one, what's-his-name son, your top man? We lost track of him, Clumley said. Went away, I heard. A town like this. Tragic, said the judge, nodding. The former police chief scowled, considering. As to that, they all go away somewhere sooner or later, the judge said. I've been watching it eighty-some years. You know where they go? Clumley shuddered. They'd been through this many times. Entropy, the judge squealed. Then he laughed, as soundless as a snake. Maybe, Clumley said. The judge asked kindly, Your wife? Dead, Clumley said. The judge nodded once more, remembering. There's some meaning in that. He took a long, slow drag on his pipe, casting about like an old woman in an attic for the meaning. I doubt it, Clumley said. I don't suppose you ever heard of that magician, the judge said then, the one you had in jail that time. Dead too, he said. Pity. He rubbed his hands together clumsily. You could not see either one of them clearly in the yellow smoke from the judge's pipe and old man Clumley's cigar. The bars on the window of the judge's room were as vague as lampposts bathed in fog, and the whiskey in his glass was gray. The male nurse who looked after him stood in the doorway cleaning the fingernails of his right hand with the thumbnail of his left. He was not listening. In the dusk outside, four miles away, a traffic light changed, and a police car started up, clean and precise as a young child's tooth. The policeman, driving, waved to a man he knew on the sidewalk, and the man waved back with a smile. It was like a salute. The tyrannic scent of May was in the air. It was the time when young hearts blossom and burgeon, and boys try to think of heroic deeds. But it was winter in the judge's room, for nothing in this world is universal anymore. There is neither wisdom nor stability, and faithfulness is dead. Or at any rate. Such was the judge's solemn opinion. But Clumley would say, Well, so, and would say no more. It was good of you to visit, the judge said. No trouble, Clumley said. A man, well, nevertheless, the judge said. He raised the glass of gray whiskey. Good whiskey.
he whispered with deep satisfaction, without tasting it. Mmm, Clumley said. The room grew darker. The judge half closed his eyes and thought about it. Well, nevertheless, the judge said. We've had some times. We've done some tricks, he chuckled. We've seen some curious things. Clumley nodded, mechanical as an old German clockmaker's doll. His mind was a blank. Later, after Fred Clumley was gone, the judge said to his bored attendant, I made that man. I created him, you might say. I created them all. The man, the fire chief, all of them. I ran this town. I made them. And then when the time came, I dropped a word in the right place and I broke them. He smiled and his gold teeth gleamed. The attendant looked at him indifferently, as if from infinitely far away, and the judge sipped his whiskey again, uneasy. His spotted hand shook.